Yes, people, how are we all doing? I hope we're doing well. Welcome back to Process, a podcast by me, Brendan Pearson. So it has been a while since I have introed the podcast with this certain noise. So I thought I might as well today because I'm having it as a pre-workout drink. Not a bad noise at all. So it has been a while, but we are back today with another guest episode. Today we are joined by Danny Rippon, who is a PT from Newcastle at Sculpt and also an amateur boxer. So it was good to get a little bit of an insight in Danny's story, starting out from when he got interested in boxing and how he progressed through his personal training career to now working at Sculpt. We talk a little bit about social media, about how important it is now for personal trainers and also some of the influencers out there who are maybe promoting things and showing people things that maybe aren't right. Uh, but we dive into that anyway. We talk a bit about ego and how that can massively affect you and how you need to put that to your side to progress both in business and in life and also do things that maybe you want to do without other people's opinion affecting you so just go for it in life. Then we also talk about Danny's boxing and also the mindset behind him going into a fight and what he goes through through the fight and after the fight as well so it was very interesting. Again excuse my blocked nose because hair fever's hit me hard but we'll deal with it. Anyway I'll be quiet now, get on with the episode, this is Process. Yes, people, welcome back to Process. Today we're joined by another guest. We've got Danny Ripton. In fact, I call you Ripton. I say Ripton all the time. It's Ripton, isn't it? It's Ripton. Danny <laughs> Ripton. You know what? I wrote it down and I knew I was going to get it wrong. Danny Ripton. But Danny is a PT in Newcastle uh, at Sculpt. Been there for quite a while now. Me and Danny have been mates for a while. He's also boxing as well. So I'll be interested to talk a little bit about that as well. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Cheers. Thanks for having us. So first things first, did you see Kitcher's podcast when he talked about the assault bike? Yes, and he placed, I did. He placed you and Kitch uh, last place. So he said, Adam, he said it was him and Adam maybe up there and you and Kitch would be battling out. What's your opinion on, uh, on what he said? No, I think you had it right to be fair, but um, the assault bike's just one of those things. I don't think anyone likes it. Like, you've got to be kind of sick-minded like that. But yeah, um, I don't mind. I quite like it because I'm always yeah. cycled and stuff. Uh, but it's I've never really used it before, but that was probably the first time I've done a proper session on it. So I quite, I was like, oh. But uh, the pain was just... That's always a big thing for me is my quads. Just yeah. anything. Quads are always one of the first things which will burn out in yeah. the salt bike is exactly that. <laughs> yeah, I know. So people need to go watch that YouTube video. I should somehow like, try and clip it over the video just so you can see because we you were rolling on the floor at the end. Ben was on the floor at the end. I always had my legs up in the air. It was ridiculous, but... Aye. Aye so, so, who went out with you and Kitch then? Little Kitch, Ben. Me and Kitch. It's a, it's a hard one, you know, because, like, sometimes I think, like, he, he's, he's a really fit lad. Aye. And, and um, he always has been sort of thing, so... But I'm one of them. I'm one of them people who... I don't know. I'll always, I'll always try and beat him, and I think yeah, we are yeah. quite close in that sort yeah. of because we're the exact same weight, uh-huh. um, and roughly the same fitness. So it's just uh, on the day, I think. Yeah, I know. We'll have to sort something out after lockdown, like get it sorted. Yeah, get a session. So just to start with, be interested to hear kind of your story. Like I know you obviously do boxing as well, but how you got into personal training? Maybe take it back to like, don't know when you're leaving school. What were you like at school? Where did you kind of interest and stuff? come from both in boxing and personal training. Yeah, sounds so I suppose I'll start when I first started uh, first started boxing was when I was about thirteen years old. So it was just something that I'd always wanted to do because my I knew my dad done it and I used to watch his um like VR VRS tapes or whatever they are. Yeah. Video tapes. Um Something that I always wanted to do. Started playing football when I was about ten, just with my mates, um, a football team. But yeah, I first started boxing when I was like, say, thirteen, um, at Dunstan. Because I remember the night, night before, I think I'd watched Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of them where like, finally, I'm fuck, I'm going to do it. And then, um, yeah, I went and boxed for Dunstan for. 
how long was it all together? Maybe three years. Uh, and left for a bit and then came back when I was older. Um, but in between that, started PTing. I remember I done my I done my level two when I left school at sixteen. I think all all my pals sort of went to sixth form. I went and and done this funded course, done my level two, um, and that took us like the full the full school year for that next year. And then from there, I sort of went and done done a little bit of labouring and stuff like that. So I was just I couldn't find anywhere to get a level three. Um, I was looking for sort of apprenticeships and stuff in level three because like I didn't have a lot of money at the time, yeah. um, and it was just it was just one of them where some of the courses were like three grand, so it would take too long. Probably, blah, blah. I didn't want to do an online one. I wanted to do one face to face, and then it probably took us about a year and a half to get my level three done from that. Um, but in the meantime, I was just sort of labouring and and doing groundwork and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, getting a getting a nice bit of money and like some of the <laughs> meet some of the funniest like characters on building sites and that like really. I know, <laughs> I've been helping my dad out a little bit here and there because he's a floor like he's got a floor loan business and I've been like a few sites just dropping stuff off, not actually working there. And, like next some crackers, like they're all just metal. Oh man, so <laughs> it's, it's class, like um, but. But I knew that that was just going to be sort of short term, and then um, and then I finally got my finally got my level three, uh, with the same company who I'd went with, but there was sort of a grant off the government, um, and then I ended up doing that. Mm-hmm. I remember it's funny though because I always laughed at like it was a it was a three week intensive course that I'd done, yeah, for my level three, and um, and it always just sort of sort of goes to show that like. How many bad PTs are out there? <laughs> that's that's a topic to talk about, isn't it? I <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, it's crazy, isn't it? The I think people... we had, I think we had a, a hundred percent pass rating. Like, and believe yeah. me, some when they like didn't really know what was going on. I know, like I've had. Well, when I went for my interview at um, my gym, because they did like an interview process at the one that I was going to, I had about ten PTs, and I remember we had to do a group little exercise where it was like uh, an example class i think they call it synergy or something like that so it's like uh circuit training and we all split into groups of five and we all have to like demonstrate a session ourselves so we all individually chose an exercise mm-hmm. to demonstrate and walk through and then one of the uh one of the, the i think it was a woman who was there she was like brendan can you uh how do you how do you demonstrate a deadlift and i was like you're joking as aren't you yeah <laughs> fully qualified just, just qualified personal trainer, and I couldn't explain the deadlift. I didn't know the technique. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't, like, and it was just like you're just goes to show. Yeah, you're going to be going out taking money off people, and more importantly, probably getting them injured or giving them yeah. a bad experience. PT. It is, it is scary. Like that, that it's that it is, it is. In some degree, there is like obviously some difficulty to pass to passing and becoming qualified and stuff. But like, the, like the setup that you're on about, like. Uh, companies like that just want to get people past so they'll do anything to get them past but then they're yeah. out there in the world and like you said they're there to help people and you want people that are actually gonna gonna help people and keep people injury free so it is scary that you do in like in the worst thing now is that you've got like social media which oh, obviously man. I know for you it does because you, you're on there and you work hard on it and so do I but a lot of our clients will come from whether you know them or not, it'll come from social media because of this, because they see you all the time doing stuff. Yeah, I think that it's really hard to judge a, a good PT off social media. Yeah, everyone's doing it as well, aren't they? There's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of also PTs out there that may have big followings and stuff like that, and it's and they're giving out information which you're looking at and maybe thinking like, oh, that's not right, but they've still got all the followers, but you're grafting away and you've got the knowledge like we both I've often that we've both got the knowledge kind of thing and we're yeah. putting a lot of time into our clients and stuff that you see these big followers that are putting out false information and then people are looking up to them saying oh that's what they're doing kind of thing maybe what you're doing's not right kind of thing as well which is a bit frustrating at times I feel like social media is massive very very frustrating to watch watch people with big platforms especially celebrities doing like oh god this brand of shake like 
meal replacement shake. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I know. It's you definitely haven't maintained that and got into that shape of doing these these replacement shakes. You've yeah. got you've, you've got a, you'll probably have a you're a celebrity. You've probably got a personal trainer, a nutritionist, and you've probably had to work hard for it. You know yeah. what I mean? I actually know. I actually know. So well, I don't know the celebrity, but I know somebody who knows the actual trainer of the celebrity who was promoting a certain one of these shakes or whatever, and like weight loss meal replacement shakes. And I know that she was promoting this uh, shake loads and loads and loads. But she's actually had a personal trainer for six months prior, which lost her all that way. But the personal trainer didn't get any credit for it at yeah. all. And the, the, I know that somebody who knew the personal trainer and they were absolutely fuming about it, that they're promoting this shake, which has been a... But she was saying, I think like, I lost all this weight and I built all this muscle around my, um, my legs and my bum and stuff like that, which girls like mostly want. But she didn't... Mm promote the personal training and all the hard work that she's been doing she put it all to this one shake and yeah the young girl who's looking at that, that what's it sorry and then where's the integrity in that you i know, know it's I mean? it's it's not only bad that she's promoting that she's probably got a big following as well and then all these young girls and stuff are looking saying oh right i need to buy it. i need to buy this and drink this and this is going to lose all my body fat and build muscle where i want it to and stuff like that but then also that personal trainer who's put all that hard work in the last few months is just getting zero credit whatsoever. It's not helping her business when she's, the idea is where I'm going to help you and then you're going to give a good word for us and maybe like pass it on to your friend or word of mouth sort of thing. That's yeah. how you kind of, that's what you rely on as a personal trainer. A lot of it's word of mouth and yeah, like, well, a lot of transformation and then. Definitely. I think, yeah. I think like we said, social media is a big one, but I think everyone forgets about word of mouth is like, oh, yeah. it's the most, because it comes from, it comes from a true place where you have got a little bit more like, like yeah. sort of integrity about it, like where you sort of would believe someone who's went and experienced that. So yeah, I think, I think for us, word of mouth is definitely a big thing. Like, yeah, I think when you're starting out, especially as well, because you probably don't have a big social media following, you've just kind of your way of getting clients, like, especially if you're in like a, an environment where you're on the gym floor and you have to pick up clients that way, like word of mouth, you might get like, you might try and, for a week's on a week's work, you might get one client, and that one client, if you need to deliver the best session possible, get them what the transformation that they want or whatever they they want to achieve, and then their word of mouth is what you rely on to pick up the next client, sort of thing, rather than like if you've got ten thousand followers on Instagram, hundred percent, like, like ten thousand people are going to see that. Maybe not ten thousand, maybe half of the people might actually see that, and then you're going to pick up clients that way. But starting out, word of mouth's massive, massive for PTs. So we'll talk about a little bit about your PT journey. So where did you start, first ever start personal training? First ever start personal training was, well, we always used to, I remember, this is going slightly off topic just for a second, was when we first started training, I first started training with, with Ben Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Me, the, um, leave school, like finish finish school, and then go straight to the gym, and would watch like videos on YouTube. We would watch like Mike Rashid and um, CT Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, overtraining. Yeah, that's that was the <laughs> that was the thing. It was um, branded over overtraining. Like, yeah, and it would be like chest day. Would do like two pyramid sets: a pyramid all the way incline, pyramid back down, decline. Yeah, everything. But um. Yeah, so I was always sort of PT and I sort of learned quite a lot of stuff from that and then ended up just like training all my mates out of like the gym or wherever I were training that. Like yeah. they'd always come and train with me and we'd all train together. I'd put a session together and I used to like really enjoy it and that's sort of where I knew that like sort of PT was probably what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um. So then going coming back to when I first started PT was when I was about 18 um, at Energy Fitness in Bladen. So like quite a quite a commercial gym. Um quite a lot of all that people in there yeah. as well. Um but actually a perfect start for me, a perfect place to start at because there wasn't many PTs there at the time. Things had just started to change over in um and then I remember because one of my mates um, knew the knew the manager there, and she was looking for people to teach classes. 
And um, and then she texted the day. Was it? I remember I was in Asda and she passed around my number and was like, "Oh, can you cover this kettlebell class tonight? Um, at five thirty. And I was like. I was like, because I was dying to get a start, because I couldn't get a start anywhere. I was like, I definitely. I was like, fucking, never used kettlebell in my life, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally going on YouTube, doing, watching kettlebell workouts, like looking at kettlebell swings and stuff like that. Um, so then, uh, and then I'd done that, I'd done that class for like, I think it was about 12 people in there. Um, and it went all right. And then I just sort of came in the next day. I said, look, he's got any, I'm wanted personal training as well he's got new jobs and then they'll just let us start it straight from there oh perfect were you nervous going to that first class oh so nervous mate <laughs> so terrifying. nervous because yeah. you know what it is as well the thing that I missed out the one before that right she should messages a few days before that say can you do a boot camp and that would have been the day before because it was on a Monday we do a boot camp um, for us I say I'll do a boot camp and now when I'm dealing with that um so I got a, it was like past, it was like a six o'clock class on in December, um, and it was outside. So I got there, didn't know anyone. I was just sort of grabbing up loads of kit from inside, um, taking it all out, getting my class set up, had everything written down, like to the time, and then no one showed up. <laughs> <laughs> like zero people showed up, yeah. and um. So that was a bit, so, so when I went yourself. to go, the second one, I, that was the first thing I asked was like, how many people was doing it? And yeah. she was like, oh, like 12 or whatever. And then, yeah, I remember being being quite nervous for that. But I, I don't know, as soon as I got going and started, like, because I had in the session as well, it was just something that, yeah. it, it wasn't that hard. You do get a little bit, like, I remember my first session, but I was, my first PT thing was, I was, well, I would have been, how old was I? 23, I would have been 20, 22. I'm a little bit older, and obviously I played football for this time, so like, I know it's like getting nervous for stuff like that, but I still went into a class. It was, I can't remember what it was, but I, I turned up for the first day of work, and then my gym manager was like, oh, I need, I would, this is my class, but I need to shoot off for some reason, so I had to go and cover it. I think it was like 15, probably like 12, 15 people again, and then the speaker wouldn't work as well, so I had to demonstrate <laughs> my first ever class with no music whatsoever. It was the most awkward uh, 45 minutes of my life, honestly. I was, <laughs> I was crap myself, and like I said, I've, like, I've played football, and it, like, there's a lot of pressure in that, and I've done other things that are like high-pressure sort of thing, but just going into a gym room, like doing, never doing that before in front of a group of people who want you to do, like, I can't remember what class yeah. it was now. I think it was just like, a hate class. Aye. And I was just like, what do I do here kind of thing? And I, I can't actually remember what I did. It was probably a terrible session. <laughs> but I got through it 45 minutes. Yeah. And then I had like a bums and tums one after, which wasn't too bad. Like a small group of five or something. So that wasn't too bad. So that, that felt really easy after going through that. But even I was like, even sometimes now, if it's like a big class, like we can get classes up to 25 at my gym, that you get like a teeny little bit like nervous. But not like, it is nervous, but you get uh, like... Well, Natural, isn't it? Yeah, it's natural to like. There's, there is a little bit of pressure, like, but now, like, there's been times where I've like slightly messed up with something. Like, I remember I demonstrated something, and I accidentally tripped over a kettlebell, and you're just laughing off, kind of thing. <laughs> you get, you learn to just, you learn. The best thing to do is actually make mistakes early on, because then you learn afterwards. Yeah, like exactly. It doesn't just laughing off. Yeah, I mean, going into them big classes, like you say, with like a lot of people, I don't think. I don't think it would be fun if you didn't get nervous to start with, though, because, like, that's just all part of it. Like, you get nervous, you get in there, and then, like, the first good thing happens, and then you're like, get in, like, yeah, I'm, you like, like, I'm though, yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and the feeling afterwards, I always get a good buzz after doing like, a good class kind of thing as well. I quite, I quite enjoy the big group stuff, and like, everyone yeah. says, oh, thanks for that, and then you've done a good session. And I think because if you do have that nerves beforehand, the feeling afterwards is even better. Like it's the same with anything you do. If you if you're nervous beforehand, like football wise, I was always nervous before games. But afterwards, obviously, hopefully you win the game and have a good game. You feel me? Yeah. Like, it's probably the same with you. Like we'll get onto it talking about boxing and stuff. Like nerves before fight and the feeling after. But we'll talk about that. But like if you're a new PT or somebody who's just going into any sort of job that you've not done before and you're nervous, it's good. Yeah. It means you, it, first of all, it means you care about what you're doing as well. Definitely, and like, and the thing is, like, with the the classes as well, 
I've seen like I've seen some really bad instructors, like there's some really good instructors who instruct for a living and they'll yeah. do like seven eight classes a day and they'll be like a freelance and they'll be at these different gyms and then you get some who come in and like watch them and but people don't really if you're at a commercial gym some people don't really know the difference sometimes yeah. like some people are just in there for like to to have a hard session no matter whether the session was actually good and structured right or not it was yeah. just whether the they yes, got it on this yeah yeah like there was Batteries. when i first went to the gym there was it was actually a lifeguard who'd been at the gym because there's a pool at my gym the lifeguard had been there for years and years and years and he said oh they want a little bit of advice he said to me is this like work them ridiculously hard and don't let me like don't let them stop don't like, keep them moving for the full time because all they want is literally just to move because i'm a commercial gym as well so literally i could you could you could yeah. put any sort of session together like, i like the structure it kind of thing just because that's all they're getting yeah. like work the full body and the balance everything out and all that stuff so but literally you could get do literally anything you could do star jumps like for like a minute change it to like Burpees and burpees. you just alternate that for 45 minutes, they'll have a sweat on and they'll probably feel good after it. Like, yeah. you can do anything rather than like, right, we're going to do a vertical pull in this one, we're going to do a horizontal push here, and then like thinking about yeah. structuring it that way. So, yeah, just as long as people get a sweat on in that sort of environment, obviously, it's different when you kind of go to like your where you are right now with sculpts and stuff, you want to structure it, yeah. you want to periodize it and stuff. Well, um, the thing, the thing that I would definitely say for like younger younger pts and instructors like listening as well is like when you when you're doing them sessions like i think a lot of time i spent in them in them classes was actually just educating people like yeah and not just not just smashing them to pieces and making sure they can't walk the next day but like actually taking the time out to fix this person's squat to fix this person's bent over row, like no, uh-huh. this is how like they've been in the gym for ten years and nobody's fucking told them how to do a proper yeah, squat. They're squatting with the legs like out here <laughs> and the knees caving in. It's like, and as yeah. long if you do that, they're going to remember you. And like, yeah, he's fixed my squat within ten seconds. Like no one else has ever bothered to do that. And then you're probably going to be like, I took a lot of clients over from that gym to scope with me in my groups. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely one of the reasons why, because I actually took the time out to help them instead of just yeah. like, instead of tricking and like, and just succumbing to what they sort of wanted, I would say, no, look, we're not, we're not going to do this for, this is what we're doing. We're doing strength training. We're going to like lift heavier weights. He's all using six kilogram kettlebells, go and grab a bloody 12 instead yeah. and like do the thing properly. That's the thing where like, like kettlebell swings is a big one. You see people doing like four kilogram kettle swings and they're just front raising it. That's all they do. They're just doing front raises with a squat. Uh-huh. Like I say, right, go and lift that heavy weight. It's going to force you to actually do the technique properly. You're going to learn. Like yeah. I always tell people to do that. But what you said about actually caring and actually helping up, like people in the classes, because I've seen people in my classes that can't lunge. Like they've never done, a, like they've done lunges, but it's like they just step the foot back and step it forward. Like and yeah. if you just give them like I say to them sometimes, right? Well, there's five minutes after the class because obviously it's hard. It is hard sometimes to when you're doing like say like a circuit sort of thing to try and fix someone's technique when you've got you don't you want to kind of spread your your attention to everybody in the group. So I just say to them like, all right, yeah. afterwards we'll just do five minutes, and I just want to like try and help you with your squat, your lunge, or your overhead press or whatever. And then and like you said, you can pick clients up from it because if you if they see that you you're caring about them. Or you can even say to them, look, we'll do one PT session just so I can teach you all these things. And then when it comes to the classes, you you find you saw it. And then maybe they do the one session, they're like, oh, I might book two sessions with you next week sort of thing. And then it can yeah. go from there. So you're both benefiting from it. But like, yeah, just caring, actually caring for clients will take you a long way. 100%. But, so moving on, so you're a PT in art, uh, obviously energy in Bladen. So you've moved on to Sculpt now. I was I was happy with you. What you kind of, what's your focus kind of thing? At the minute, um, what was the first question? Sorry, would you say, like, so, yeah, so how are you finding it? It's sculpt. I've been oh. at the gym, it's a wicked gym. Oh, yeah, it's um, yeah, we've had a couple of sessions there in there, haven't yeah. we? It's a, it's a wicked setup, like, really good. Um, and it's sort of uh, like the best, the best thing that I've done is to move yeah. over out of there, uh, and like I do absolutely love it like the group training and yeah. like it's just a it's an and it's an it's a good place to work as well 
Um, obviously, Adam, he's sweet. He's a, it's it's his gym, and like, you can tell that he's one of them people that's just everything for like, just to keep pushing to like excel and excel, and I'd come up with ideas and say it and just have a little, and it'd be yes or like give you straight answer. Yeah, it's a good idea. Now can't do that at the minute. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty good. And and then it's pretty much the perfect gym which I want to be at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Barbells, kettlebells, slam balls in bulk, um, yeah. dumbbells, the basics, and Sound just it's one of when you go in, you know, like it's one of them. Yeah. It's got a vibe where people are all working hard in there. Yeah, no, that's the thing. The, the the one thing that stood out for me when I first went there is like the environment, the atmosphere. Like it was exactly what I like. The tunes are blasting. You can see everybody in there was working hard. And if you surround yourself with people in that environment, like all the PTs in that gym are called you as well. Like Adam, Pitch, yourself, everybody. Um, I briefly spoke the bad. I haven't really spoke them properly, but everyone seems like they know what they're doing. They're in the ball in that mindset. If you're yeah. going in there daily and your clients are going in there like two, three times a week, like. You gotta, you gotta like change your mindset. You gotta be like change yourself physically. Exactly. That's so, a massive thing which I've seen from my clients is like uh, just a shift in mindset, like uh-huh. to not get to like really push yourself to like these hard limits in the yeah. time that you've got to work. But that was, and but that was one of the reasons that I wanted to go there, and, like because sort of it energy. I was like. I was sort of top, like top of the pile for PTs. I was full, like I had 20 clients all training two or three times a week, working at least seven, like at least five, five hours of PT a day up to like nine hours of PT a day. Yeah. Um, and like, sort of that's where I was like at full capacity. I couldn't make any more money. I couldn't grow any more really. Um, so that was the, the nice change over the scope, doing the groups and then going in there with some quality coaches like Kitch and Adam and like the other all the other coaches are now like really good. So it felt sort of I don't know, because I know for a fact that, that it's good to put yourself in them positions. So it sort of felt good to not be at the top of the pile anymore yeah. and to like have something to like really like work towards and people to look up to and people to think like, right, well I out like he's got that many in his group, I want that many in my group. Uh-huh. and like got that mentality yeah i think it's good it's that old saying it's like you'd rather be a, a little fish in a big pond no was it yeah a little fish in a big pond yeah. a big fish in a little pond kind of thing because if yeah. you're that big fish in that little pond like you're not going to want to push yourself because you're going to be very comfortable with that like oh like i'm i'm top dog here kind of thing and you it's gonna like the ego is gonna be up there kind of thing but when you've made that transition to somewhere else you're like right this is where i want to be at they're there i want to I want to be above them. I want to be the height of the best one there. So I think you've got to push us. Like it makes you makes you push yourself. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's that it's that big thing, um, like pride versus ego. Yeah. Um, let's say if you're someone who's quite egotistic, you'd be quite happy staying being that big fish in the little ponds where you're the best. Yeah. Um, but then, like, if you strip back that ego and and you go for pride rather, you're always looking to just be better in yourself in what better place to be at than somewhere where you can learn from other people. Yeah, exactly. That's a big thing as well, learning from other people. Like, if you always think, if you're that big fish in the little pond, like, you're always going to think that you're right, you're the best kind of thing. But then you've got to open your mind up. Like, there is, there's, there's oh, always absolutely. someone out there who's better than you or someone who's working harder than you. So you've got to yeah. look at them and think, right, what are they doing? I need to do the next thing kind of thing. I need to be one yeah. step ahead of them sort of thing to get up to them. Which... 100%. I'll go into other people's classes and do do their sessions. Like, yeah. Kit, like Kitch has got a group in after me. I'll, I'll jump in and do his session. Because, um, like, I think it's a, a thing as well. Like, me and Kitch sort of train our clients similar, but then you've got, like, Adam and, and Josie and the others who are more involved in, in the CrossFit side of things and then yeah. they'll they'll do sessions completely different to, to ours. Um but then you'll always like go on and go, ah, it's a good idea. I'll just I'll take that into mind. Yeah. And like that sparks a new idea and you think, well why don't I do this instead and put your own spin on it as well. Uh-huh. Uh that's the thing. It's not like you're copying. Like a, a lot of PTs are doing very like the CrossFit stuff. Like everyone's doing similar stuff. It's just putting your own twist on it. And everyone I think the CrossFit kind of like they call it like functional trainers becoming a lot more like popular now like i've been yeah. using the stuff like uh i see 
like Adam puts a good few good stuff on workouts and stuff on uh, on Instagram and stuff like doing the like the twelve fifteen nine. I've started doing a few things like I just is like a little finisher, like a few exercises, twelve yeah. uh, tw- sorry twenty one reps, fifteen reps, nine reps, and just bashing through that. So little little things like that you can just pick up and then like add your own if you are like more quote unquote bodybuilding, you can add like a bodybuilding twist to a crossfit. It doesn't have to be strictly like crossfit. No. That's the thing with, with the whole fitness industry as well, which I like, is that there's no real set rules to follow. Yeah. Um, but like going back to just if you if you like if you're just still like sort of a novice PT and you're still starting out, is to definitely, definitely take ideas from other people because people think that like that this is oh they have done that, so I kinda do that. And yeah. you've got to realise there's an abundance of ideas in business things that you can be doing but yeah. just make sure you're educated on the matter before you do it yeah I know. but i think a lot of people are actually scared to do things on try new things on social media because it's became a place of judgment where as soon as you do something asked like i've been doing intermittent fasting for uh over a year now but i just started to post about it recently and um and i've seen a few other bigger people um with bigger platforms posting about it. And then you've got, you've got like James Smith, like apps and other people judge intermittent fasting, broadly blah, like just slating it for the total wrong reasons. And it's like, so I think people are a little bit reluctant uh, to sort of try new things and say, look, Hey, this is what I'm doing at the minute. Um, I'm going to see how it goes and see how it pans, pans out and see how I feel yeah. and work it out because you've got someone else going, well, I've heard such and such say that it's a bunch of shit and that you shouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, people people do, especially if someone like James Smith, who's got a lot of following, do say something like that. People jump on the bandwagon and think, right there, right, 100% right. But I see, well, to be fair, I'm the same. We'll talk about fasting in a second, but I see not only training, but your own body is almost like your own little experiment in a way. Like, try different things. Like, if you mm. maybe so, if you haven't, say joint issues or something like that. Like I've, there's a lad who I know he he tried going gluten free for a bit and he found that that worked really well for him. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not not to say that that's gonna work well for everybody. Like it might just be a, it might not be the gluten free thing. It might be something that like he's particularly eating that has gluten in it that might not work. But trying yeah. different things and fasting the same thing which we'll get onto. Like I found that's been great for like my digestion, a little bit of information, recovery, sleep, a few different things. Uh, and then training wise, like just because. I don't know if you're copying, you're not copying, but somebody up there is like who's got a lot of following is doing a certain workout and you're copying them. Somebody says to them, Oh, you're just copying them. Like, you're not really, you're just using their techniques and then just add your own little exercise and stuff. Exactly. I don't think there's anything wrong with completely copying, to be fair. If, if, it, if it works. Well, if you, yeah, if you see a good idea on whatever Instagram or whatever it is, yeah. you'd be stupid not to follow up on that good idea that you've seen. Like, yeah. it's not perfect. Exactly. It's like I've seen I've seen a few PTs like even ones like round here starting off a podcast. I've started a podcast now, it doesn't mean I'm copying them. I'm like I've changed I've, my podcast is directed slightly differently to the way that they're doing it. It's not yeah. like it's not like I'm copying them. Like the idea right. I I see them doing it, I was like, right, I might do it now. Like I feel like I've always thought about it, but like seeing them do it kind of give me a little bit of a push. Aye. Which is what you sometimes need, uh and that sort of thing. But but I don't know, just do if you see something, just go for it. If you want to, if you want to do exactly. it, don't I'm, let anybody stop you doing of, it. I'm sick of, and it's a big thing which I struggle with as well, is like being being a little bit judged in uh-huh. in not knowing the reaction of what people are going to think about you. Yeah. After you've done it, and like I say, that's a big thing for me on social media because. I feel like social media is, is a is a place of judgment a little bit in sort of but it shouldn't be like that it's yeah. like it you shouldn't actually care what people think and you look at in you look at all these all your like people who you look up to in sports stars and people like that and you think that any of them actually gave like gave yeah. a shit about one thought of them like Conor McGregor, Mike Ty- any like any of them. Yeah. You've got to think these people who are individuals 
they're the they're the people who actually bring greatness and uh-huh. achieve things. So that's what you need to be doing is not following the crowd and not being quiet because of feeling judged by people. You should be doing the opposite. You should be being loud yeah. because you've got all these ideas or opinions or whatever, and you shouldn't actually care about what people think. Yeah, who who cares? If there's like people on Instagram who just leave it like a send a message saying like or like I do feel I've really had too much bad messaging, but you might get the odd message like like, oh, I don't believe in this sort of thing. Like, you should be doing this, this, and all like that workout with crap or whatever. But who cares? Like, what people think if they don't agree with you, that's fair. To you. You'll have people around you who support you and understand are in the same goal yeah. as you who will push it. And like, the good thing with having people who are on the similar mission, the same similar sort of mindset. If you're you're going off track or you're doing something that is really wrong, they'll tell you and they'll be honest with you. They'll say like straight up, like, oh no, I don't, I don't think that's right. Maybe you should consider this, but they'll not be like. Your shit, like you yeah. should just pack in completely. Like they'll nah, tell you in a, it's a constructive criticism. They'll give you that sort of, give it in the right yeah. way. But, it's always nice to be to be hanging around with with people like that with similar yeah. mindsets. Yeah, hundred percent. And then you sort of realise that you realise some of the people that you don't really keep in touch with anymore, or like anything like that. And and then people might sort of say, "Ah, oh, you've you've changed, blah blah blah," but. I think the whole the whole point is to change. Like the whole point is to keep changing and keep getting better. So, hundred percent. Like nobody's the same person they were five years ago. Like, and if you are, it's worrying. Yeah, <laughs> you should be worried exactly. if you're the same person if you haven't changed at all. Like, yeah. Like it's it's crazy when you leave school and stuff. You have like you you could you probably have that like maybe one if possibly two friends that you are still friends with. The rest you might like. On like on time, send them a message on Facebook, but you're never like really interacting with them. Like the people, the one or two people that you do still have, they'll probably have changed as well with you and be like, in that similar sort of like mindset. Like yeah. you, 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 you shouldn't really be the same person that you were, especially like five years ago. Like, I'm completely different. You're probably the same. You're always yeah. learning as well. So talking about mindset, it'd be interesting actually because I've never had a fight in my entire life. That's true fact. Never, I've, I've never really been started on. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know. What, I don't. I think it's handy being tall, but I'm probably really, too tall. Isn't it? Yeah, I know yeah. it's handy being tall, like, but no one wants that. Alright, so be interested to hear about your, about your mindset going into, into a fight, kind of like maybe the night before and the morning of, and then obviously going, going into the ring and stuff like that. What, what's, what's going through your head? Talk about the night before. We'll start off with. Yeah. So. I think, I think the build-up starts from way before that, from when you first hear about the fight. So yeah. From when you first hear, you walk in the gym, coach says, Danny, go out your match for boxing at Brawley Brawl, boxing at Whitby, um, in three weeks' time on a Saturday night against this kid. He's had this many fights. This is his record. Um, and Brawley Brawl. So I think from there, it's like the in, as soon as you hear, it's sort of instant, like a little bit of like, fuck, like it's it's happening, yeah. like this is what I've trained for, and and it's finally here and it's coming. Um, and then sort of from there, start visualizing and sort of bringing back into that sort of common sense mind again, yeah. and then. Um, <clears throat> in thinking about the reason why you actually really want to do it. So this is for like first couple of fights where you're feeling this mostly. Um, and then it sort of eases off a little bit and then you sort of, the the weeks are however many days you've got. Sometimes I've got a couple of days notice, which isn't great, but yeah. <laughs> um, you sort of forget about it and the time comes very quickly. And then I think... The last couple, last few fights, I felt really good. Like the day before, the week before, I felt really confident. I felt really calm. I started visualizing. I started um, doing like, I started speaking to myself as well. When I was, especially when I was in the sauna, because I always used to. Well, I still I do when we're not in lockdown, but I'm in the sauna like at least four times a week up to up to six or seven times a week and then that would be my that would be my quiet place to sort of 
be sort of a form of meditation and I just sort of go through a few things which I'm like thinking about myself like confident, calm, relaxed, switched on. Them are like the four things I'd constantly confident, calm, relaxed, switched on. And um and that sort of really helped with us and then it get to the night before most of the time I'd always get a, a decent sleep but there'll be like the odd time where I just you yeah. just couldn't see sort of thing and it's it's inevitable and you sort of gotta get past that. Um and I'd normally I'd normally have a nap through the day before I fight it as well. Yeah. Um and make sure that I had no work on that day. And I normally I think my ritual used to be I go down to Steve's cafe and I get some food there, just chill out by myself and then drive to the drive to the gym and then Mark, my coach, we'd uh, we'd take the take his car of the fight and I sort of just travel with him um feeling mostly feeling feeling anxious on the on the night um there's always that anxiety it's always there I mean sometimes more than not uh I think the last like I say the last couple of fights I felt really really good where like that anxiety was there but I knew exactly where it was yeah. It wasn't sort of taking over. I knew and I was really confident and I was very calm and I was happy. Um and then sort of anxiety builds back up before like sort of when you start to get warmed up. So so you're sitting there watching the other fights and and just like having a bit of crack on with your coach or just on your phone chilling out. Or all my mates would normally come to watch as well, so I'd I'd be sat with them for a bit, and then sort of I'd always be on I'd always be on the last, so I'd always be thirteen, fourteen, or fifteen fight because that's normally how many fights would be. Yeah. So you'd have to watch. You have to the hour and the, before the first fight started, which was maybe at like half past eight, about an hour before you'd have to go and get weighed in. So get weighed in, see the doctor with my gum shield in, check my breathing, stuff like that. And then from there, you'd have to wait. I'd normally be waiting like five, six hours. And I remember Whitby, that was a nightmare. That was my first fight back after um, mm. after like six years out of the ring. <laughs> um, that was my first fight back with, with Mark and we travelled down to Whitby. I was fighting this kid who'd had, he'd had, um, had six, one, four, I think. Yeah. Um in my record just carried on from from back when I was a when I was a junior which normally didn't used to happen but it's a new rule where you just keep your record from a from a junior into a senior no matter how long time you've had off. Yeah. So my record at the time was had 5 1 3. So travel all the way down Whitby and um last one on the card but the the promise is they say now We'll get you on as early as possible. You'll be the first senior on because you've travelled from uh, yeah. County Four, blah blah. Um, half past twelve, got in the ring. Really? <laughs> yeah, uh, I get sleep. I'll be coming out of the ring like that. That's a joke. I uh, half past twelve, and by this time, all the lads who came down to watch absolutely mortal drunk because <laughs> I'd been told I was on for half past nine. Yeah. So half past twelve comes and um so like I, w- I remember being quite nervous that one and then it's too like when you're walking into the ring, very nervous, putting the gloves on, nervous, looking across the ring, nervous, trying to try to do whatever feels good for you. Some people like the proper lock lock in with eye contact and stare each other out. I wasn't sort of into that. I was just trying to like feel nice and loose and visualize, visualize still, um, and then you'd step in. You'd step. Your coaches would step out the ring, and then it'd be you, your opponent, and the referee. Um, we'd bring you in, taught each other a uh, couple of rules. No fight, uh, punching behind the head. Don't, uh, when you're grabbing, listen to my commands at all time and most important rule, protect yourself at all time. And then the the bell would ring and then you just sort of be up there on this canvas, canvas and only about maybe five foot high. And um, 
and like looking out to where you don't really look out everyone else but you just sort of <laughs> first thing that you think is like how small is this ring? <laughs> it, looks <big. laughs> it looks big from the outside, but then you get you get inside and it's it's not big at all. Like it's there's not much not much yeah. room at all. But then as soon as that bell rings and you start walking, like everything else goes goes out your head and it's just complete complete focusness from there. Yeah. Man, I'm just I'm literally just thinking about what it'd be like because obviously you've got everybody in the ring and I can just imagine I can just imagine it like kind of like padding open when the referee runs out, like goes out the like, moves out the way kind of thing, and you're literally just you and this guy and you're like going through your head, like we literally just go after battery over for the next like how many minutes. <laughs> like, I can yeah. just imagine like what's going through your head. So what's it like what's it like before the first punch is kind of like obviously through? <laughs> what's it what's going yeah. through your head at that point? It's weird because I, w I honestly wish that everyone could experience this, you know. Yeah. Like something which I think has been really important for me, um, for literally just like my growth of of myself. But I don't know. Your first first couple of fights, but I'm trying to talk back when I was younger. Now, when I was like fourteen, you don't really know exactly what to do. I mean, you've done it a hundred times before in sparring. Yeah. But you don't really know what to do. But then I sort of talk about experience from the last few fights. Is that, like I say, just total focusness. There's you can't really hear anyone outside of the ring. You can just sort of hear the background noise. Yeah. And the thing which I always was able to hear was my coach, who was who like sort of sits beneath the ropes. Um, Mark Clozell, who who's the owner of Vision Gym. Yeah. Uh, he was my he was my main coach, and he always had like a really sort of, um, like like sort of a quiet sort of calm voice, uh -huh. and I'd always be able to pick that out very easily. But before the first punch is thrown, you're sort of still just working. You sort of I'm very dialed in and focused. There's nothing erratic going through my brain. It's just literally the looking at the way that looking at the way that he moves first off is he left handed or right handed? Yeah. Looking at the way that he moves, how does he move about the ring? Is he sort of upright? Is he tall? Does he look like he's in like got a sort of a stylish sort of um like way to him or an elusive or is he a slow guy? Is he coming forward? Does he look like he wants to have a big punch up with you? That's pretty much what I'm trying to do before I threw that first punch is to work out what he is sort of thinking. Yeah. Work out what kind of boxer he is and what fight I'm gonna have to fight to beat him. Yeah. So there's a lot of big because, mental there's a big mental side there, isn't it? Massive mental side. Mate, it's it's way more mental than physical. Like I remember one of the fights that so I I went to Whippy I beat that kid. I went to um I fought a kid from Kenton. Um it's up in, in Gateshead. Uh I beat him. He was a South Boy, he was a little bit different. Um so like I, for people who don't really know that much about boxing, like when you're fighting someone more nine times out of ten you'll come across someone with who's the same stance as you, right handed, which means left foot forward, right foot back. Yeah. If you've got someone who's a southpaw who's left who's left handed, yeah. you you're fighting in a sort of a mirror image. Yeah, I've got so like, yeah. I've got my left foot forward, he's got his right foot forward. We're always stepping on each of us toes with jabs or both meeting together. Like it's a little bit awkward and it's about the fight who can take the outside line, so who's got the right angle to like yeah. get a backhand through. Um, but then I remember that, that, that fight, I was sort of, I was really calm and like, that was the best, that was one of the best I boxed, like really happy with myself, um, won unanimous. And then the fight after that, I fought, I took on a fight from a kid from the same gym. So from the Kenton gym, um, who was a little bit more experienced than me, uh, roughly the same weight, um, and I remember that fight was it was in uh, was in Gosfaf, and 
the venue was massive and I had all my pals come to watch. He had all his pals to watch and it was his home show. We never yeah. had a home show, which is like a, a home show is like is your own your own boxing club has maybe ten lads on fighting. Yeah. But there was never that many lads for us. It was literally just pretty much me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am a chance because Mark used to train um big Stevie Hightower and um and Bassey who are pros, so there wasn't many amateurs. Um, but I remember that fight going in, in like the place was fucking electric. Like the, cause we were one of, like, we were like sort of one of the, the main event, like the, I think we were last or second last to fight. And um, in the noise coming out of there, like was massive, like just people like shouting on and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, uh, my pals and my family, his pals and his family, like shouting on in that one. I didn't really feel that good going into it, to be honest. I felt a little bit, I don't know, I'd definitely been, I went on the sunbeds the night before and I got burned to bits off these sunbeds. Like, <laughs> I remember like being really restless and just a little bit tired. And I got into that and uh, I was, I was very flat. I lost that fight. Um, I was very flat for the three rounds, but. The big thing was I let my emotions get ahead of us. So I remember first round pretty even, second round shite. Um, he definitely he definitely beat us in the route in that round, and I thought he might have clinched it on the first round because he's at his home show, and mm-hmm. that's normally the way it goes. If it's even, it's gonna go to. So I was like, right, I definitely need to win this last round, and I got so upset with myself and. Angry, I never ever get angry, but I got really angry and um and just ended up having a proper punch out with him and uh didn't box like to my strengths or anything like that. Yeah, and and that was one thing which I never done again was to to let that stupid anger get out and yeah. get in the way of my thoughts process uh-huh. and my focus thinking sort of thing yeah it must be hard though to keep yeah because i can imagine well to be fair I, like she you know my mate like slaps across the face like just as a joke and i get really pissed off for that like, i can't yeah. deal with just a slap across the face never mind it. like yeah. if someone punching you in the face trying to actually keep you calm must be yeah. quite hard i was a question to ask actually what's it like actually getting like have you ever been knocked out or not no no not really what have you been, have you been knocked to the floor or anything before or not Nah, no, been, I've been, but I mean, I used to go and spar this this really great kid um, from Washington. He was a bit heavier than me as well, much more experienced. And I always used to go and spar him. He was my best sparring partner. I learned loads from him. And he was a heavy, a heavy hitting lad. And yeah. I remember every single time we'd go, we'd go every Saturday. The first round, he'd hit us with either a left hook or a right hook, just on the sort of like right on top of the the temple. And I'd always like. Mark would say, like, you get buzzed. So, like, you get a little bit buzzed. So, like, sort of just disorientated for a second. Your legs sort of, like, lock up for a second. And then, you know if it's a big one if your legs start to go jelly. But yeah. normally, it would just, like, and then I'd relax again. And then I'd be like, right, that's my first one out of the way. It's woke us up. And then yeah. just go on there. But with, in a fight, the... First of all, your adrenaline is through the roof. Like it's going to take quite a lot for me to get knocked out, like off anything, because yeah. you can hardly feel the punches, <laughs> especially in the like in the first bit of the rounds, like the first half of, of the rounds. Um, but it's one it's one of them it's it's one of them misconceptions I think where people get where you would get angry. Like you never if you're a good boxer, you don't you, you don't get that angry. Yeah, and it's. It's because it's one. It's a, it's second nature. Like you spar every week, you train four times a week. It's just something. This is just something that I do, and this is somewhere where I actually am comfortable in the ring fighting someone. Um, and getting hit is more frustration about yourself rather yeah. than than this. The because he's just the opponent. He doesn't matter one single bit. It's all about yourself. Um. So like the only times I would get frustrated was like, should have easy slip slip that punch or or whatever. But like it would more be like 
it would never be that. And at the end, one of the great things about boxing as well, at the end of the fight, no matter how much like you've hit each other and try and knock each other out, because you do try and knock each other out. Like yeah. them gloves aren't very big, the ten ounce gloves when you when you're fighting. Um and they do they do hurt after a while. Um yeah. afterwards it's just total respect and humbleness. Oh, I can hundred percent get that. If you, they, you know what you're you're going through, and that other person's going through the exact same thing. So I can understand mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And Sorry. no matter who wins or loses, it's it's never a, a show off. Well, you do get a couple of show offs, but not that many. Yeah. It's more you'd always go over, shake a hand, thank you, mate, good fight. You go and shake uh, their corner's hand, um, and just total total respect because, like you say. We're the only two in the ring. We're doing this for ourselves, and we're entertaining you at the same time. Yeah. If you've got any opinions, you can you can you can have them, but you don't know shit unless you you're doing you're training four times a week, you're running four times a week, and you you're not partying and you're not going out drinking. You're missing a lot of things, um, and you're not putting the the sacrifice in that we are. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. I have a like a lot of respect for anybody who does boxing kind of thing because. Like the the mindset you must have to have go in and literally just scrapping for like what how long are the rounds is the three minute rounds? Two minute rounds, two only rounds. three two minute rounds and then if you go into the if you go higher it goes four two minute rounds. Yeah. But just tell you what their minute rounds are. Long. You don't think two minutes is a lot, mate. Yeah. I've never been in a more uncomfortable place. Then that that last round, if you're fighting for a win, if you know you're not winning and you've got to keep going and you're absolutely drained physically yeah. and mentally, like you like there's no, it's weird because like you could literally just fall over and collapse in a ball with exhaustion, but you can't because someone's trying to hit you. <laughs> I know, I know. Jeez, like going through what's going through your head there, man. Like, you've got to you've got to stand up and fight, like no matter what, like. You can't you can't show any sign of weakness as well, like for yourself. No. If you're like last round, you can't because that I'll... was a, that, that's always a big thing, like getting back up out of your out of your seat once the ten second bells rang and you're ready to do round two or round three. Standing up and sort of taking a big big breath, looking over, is he breathing hard or not? Sort of that yeah. mental <laughs> that mental thing again, then like getting hit with shots. Like I remember I'd always catch people with like the left to go over the top and uh, uh-huh. you'd know if you buzzed them because the sort of you'd see in their eyes it's sort of like blink and go fuck yeah which like you shouldn't do because then from there it's like right i've buzzed them i'm gonna go hard yeah now. i was well, gonna say is that like a trigger to like go right i've got you now yeah massively you, you're having a sort of thing yeah like, it is a big like, you can tell that you're very mindful about things that like you're talking about your sort of like routine and stuff like that i think that like will stand you good stead because i think a lot of maybe like, more amateur boxers probably do go in it with the mindset as like I'm gonna butter you rather than like the more technical aspect yeah. of like right, I'm looking at the way that you're looking right. I need to keep myself calm. I need to focus on this, that, and the other. I think obviously the higher up you go, you'll probably find like it'd be interesting to talk about like Anthony Joshua seems like a big one who's very mindful. Like um, yeah. Tyson, he's very switched on. He's he very t- switched on. He's and very switched on. You can tell. Yeah, massively, and I think the biggest one for which. Which I see is, is McGregor is like Oh mate, yeah. Hundred percent. He's he's all about that visualization. Yeah. Love he's big, he tries to get in people's heads and stuff as well, which I love. Like he knows everything yeah. he does, he knows what he's doing. Even people might think he comes across like a dick sometimes and stuff, but he's, he knows what he's doing at the end of the day. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing and like it's good fun as well, like watching from a spectator's point of view. Yeah, he's entertainment and he, that's what he's there for. He, that's what you are there for, that's- you are entertainers. Like, at the end of the day, that's what that's what pays the bills for the for the pro fighters is how many people you get a year. Exactly, and he's he's sure. one of the reasons why UFC. Well, you can't put a completely doubt to him, but he is one of the reasons why it's kind of grown because he's he's a big 100%. entertainer, massive entertainer. Yeah. And I'm massive respect to anybody to fights, boxing, UFC, anything like that. Like, just it baffles me. But last little thing, I know you've got to get away for a climb. Yeah. Last so last week you ran a half marathon. I want to quickly know what was going through your head. Did you just was it just an out of blue sort of thing or? 
I know you, you <laughs> Ben Kitchen and Alex Kitchen obviously all ran half marathon. I don't know what it was I, like. Um, well, first of all, you can blame blame Alex for that. That's sick, a lie. I bet it would be Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we always have always have ideas. Oh shoot! Like, should we do this? Should we do? Came up with some real stupid shit. Let's do Iron Man. Yeah. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> blah. But then, like this time, we thought, like, fancy running the. It was Alex, I think. Fancy running a half marathon. I was like, yeah. oh, right, good that. Like, oh, should we do it this weekend? I however, we'll do it this weekend. Like, and sort of just done it. Um, yeah. Didn't really do that much training for it either. I mean, I run, but I run like max five miles. Like, that's yeah. pretty much me. Um, but yeah, that was that was something totally different. Like, it was just sort of one of them where bit of a frisk. Let's just put a, let's yeah. put my minds to the test. Yeah, I think running, running literally is just mental, completely mental. Obviously, there's the physical side of it, but when you get to a certain level of fitness, I think it is just mental. Like It definitely is, mate. Definitely. And, and the thing which I seen was, for me, proves this point, was the I had my app, my, my Nike app on the thing, yeah. and um, I'm looking at average miles, and I averaged like seven minutes, 20 seconds per mile. Yeah. Um. That was the average for the full thirteen miles, and I'd normally average that for a five-mile run, anyways. Yeah. So, back to the point that like it got to like mile mile seven or eight, I think, where I was like, some was beaten down on his. I had my headphones on, broadly brow was dehydrated, and it was just a case of just putting one step in front of the other. That's all. But then yeah. But I got to a point where I was like. I was start, starting to feel really shit and had that voice in your head. Stop running. <laughs> Stop running. Like, <laughs> right no, fuck you, bitch. Um, keep running. Uh, and like, it was just like, right now, I'm going to start to pick the feet up and I'm going to have this pace of one, two, one, two. And I ended, like I say, I ended up with a, d- a decent time where I just sort of, nothing else was going through my mind. Just sort of one, two, one, two, just yeah. block everything out. Uh-huh. I know it is. Like you like said, it's 100% mental. Like, and it's the same with me when I, like, I don't really run that much, but when I've done runs before and I do, I've done like the, the longest I've done is like six and a half K, but my pace is just the same. I think my legs, yeah. I can't get, I struggle to get like keep a high pace, but I can just keep that same pace all the way through. So it'd probably just be the same sort of thing. Like if I yeah. did ever attempt to do one, it would just be keeping that pace and then just keep it in your own yeah. head. Like, you should be a... <laughs> If you try, oh, <laughs> don't, don't challenge us on the podcast, mate. I'm gonna have to do one now. Don't stitch us up. Um, it's humble. It's, it's definitely yeah, I know. humble. I know the things like that you do feel you probably felt great afterwards, like this. Oh, 100 percent Well, not great after I felt quite sick straight uh, after. <laughs> honestly, I had I, honestly this series I had like I had a surge of a surge of motivation for like the week like for another yeah. week. Like I've done that, that really hurt is like hurt my body and hurt my head like I can do anything now sort of thing yeah no, that's like the, you've done something so hard everything else is just easy seems easy but, yeah yeah. but we'll jump on the last three questions which we'll quickly finish off with uh, three people you'd like to invite round for dinner or go for a coffee with if you want to right. past or present three, three people past or present so yeah 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 past or present whatever <laughs> Muhammad Ali always yeah Hundred percent, love him. Um, such a character, such an intelligent man, uh, superhuman. Definitely, Muhammad Ali. I would go with um, probably someone like Eminem. Yeah, I, I would have a lot of questions to ask him about his music. Oh yeah, hundred percent. In in uh, some of the hidden lyrics, like you just want to, you'll never know. Um, and then third would probably be Will Smith. Yeah. Love Will Smith. Like someone else has said him before, actually. Um, podcast, yeah. I love his mentality. I love, I've, I don't know if you've ever seen his, um, the video stuff that he does on his Instagram. He's got like motivational talks and stuff. Yeah. Um, I've, seen, I've seen the thing about skydiving. The thing that he talked about yeah, skydiving. I've seen that yeah. one there. But he's, He's big. He started doing a lot more like YouTube and stuff. He's like branching to different avenues and stuff now. So he's he's very switched on. Uh, so three people you'd like to train with, slightly different. Could be boxing wise. It could be gym related. Could be anything. Yeah. Um, 
boxing, what I three people I like to train with would be Conor McGregor. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, someone else I'd like to train with. Uh, for my younger self, Mike Rashid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, that would be good to do. I still keep up with all his content. I still watch his stuff. He's a bit more of a businessman now, Eddie. That's what he's branching yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, and the thing, which I, the thing I like about him is the way that he's sort of corrected himself as he's went along. Like, uh-huh. like some things which he said before, he doesn't do now. And like... He's always about it's about the right answer. It doesn't really matter like what I've said before. I'll, I'll agree. I'll agree that I was wrong or whatever. And um, yeah. I, I like the fact that people that just want to get down to the point and like uh-huh. actually know the right answers and shit. Like that. Yeah. Um. That'll probably be it for my for them. Right, and then the last one. There's one thing you said to yourself five years ago. Chill out and be happy more. Don't worry about <laughs> don't worry about what's coming. As long as long as you're working hard, things will happen and stop worrying about like you always have to be doing something. Just yeah. enjoy being in the moment more. No, that's solid advice. That I should take that advice on to be fair. I'm the same. But <laughs> I tell myself that a little bit. I'm listening to you, mate. But quickly shout out your Instagram because I know you need to get off for a client. Just where people can find you. Yes. Um D Rippin One. That is my Instagram. I'm on Facebook as D R Fitness. That's D Space R Space Fitness. Um yeah, and that's my social media at the minute. Spot on, mate. No, but it's been a pleasure having you on. Plenty of good things we're talking about there. So appreciate it. you taking the time out now. It's been good, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Wicked. So thank you very much. If you listened to this full episode and you made it this far, it means a lot to me that you listen. And thanks again, Danny, for coming on. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, that would mean a lot to me. So just click the subscribe button. Leave a little review at the bottom. And if you did enjoy the podcast, give us five star as well. If you could share the podcast on your story on social media, so if it's Instagram, share it on there and tag my account, Brendan Pearson Fitness. That would mean a lot just to try and spread the word about the podcast. And finally, if you could share it with a friend, just copy the link, text it over to them, WhatsApp it, Instagram, whatever you want. Just share it over to them, just so they can also hear this podcast, spread the word, and also they might gain a little bit of knowledge from the guests that I have on. So thank you very much for listening again. This has been process.